Hi guys, thanks for joining me for this segment. I'll be talking about uh, spinal movement and facet orientation. Now, remember that the spine can be divided up into three regions, cervical, thoracic, and the lumbar regions. They each have different number of vertebrae in them. Cervical has seven, thoracic has 12, lumbar has five. And the vertebrae are all very different to one another in size, shape, and orientation. Now, the cervical spine is the most movable region of the spine. We have the most amount of movement there. We get lots of flexion, lots of extension, lots of rotation, and lots of lateral flexion. So it's actually not really a very restricted region of the spine in terms of movement. And this is because the facet orientation, if you, if you remember the zygoapophyseal joint in between two vertebrae, also called the facet joint, um, it's made up by the inferior articular process or facet and the superior articular facet. Depending on the orientation of those two articular surfaces, you have different movements available. And for the cervical spine, the superior facet, so the, the vertebra below, its articular facet is uh, pointing in a direction that's superior lateral, so upwards and outwards. And this means that when you have two vertebrae moving on one another from the cervical region, they can move in almost any direction. And you put that together with the relatively small size of the, of the actual bones um, themselves, and there's not much restriction. And in particular, about 50% of cervical rotation occurs at the atlantoaxial joint, and that's the joint between C1 and C2. Now, moving inferiorly down the vertebral column, we have the thoracic region of the spine, and this is made up by 12 different vertebrae. Um, it's quite a long region of the vertebral column, um, the vertebral bodies are a little bit bigger than the cervical spine and the spinous processes and the transverse processes have quite a different shape to the cervical vertebrae. In the thoracic region as well, we have the introduction of the ribs articulating to the vertebra. So those ribs attaching to these vertebral bodies and transverse processes actually restrict a lot of the movement throughout the thoracic spine. The one movement that does that we do get the most of in the thoracic spine is rotation. And this is because primarily all of the others, flexion, extension, and lateral flexion, are restricted by the rib cage or by the long spinous processes at the back of the vertebrae. Now, when we think about how the thoracic vertebrae rotate on one another, they're able to do this because of the direction that the superior articular facet is facing, like we were talking about with the cervical vertebrae, except the thoracic orientation of the superior facet is backwards and lateral, so posterolateral. And because of this, we can get rotation movements. We do get some flexion extension and some lateral flexion, but not as much as what we do rotation. Now, of the thoracic flexion and lateral flexion that we have, this is greatest in the lower one-third of the thoracic region, so from about T8 to T12. And this is probably because 
those vertebra are starting to transition into the lumbar shape. Thoracic extension is relatively even throughout the thoracic region, meaning that T1 through to T12, each articulation between the vertebrae contributes equally to the extension moment throughout the whole thoracic spine. And lastly, the lumbar region. There's five vertebrae here. They're very big. Uh, the vertebral bodies are massive and the spinous process and the transverse processes are also very chunky. Now, because of the facet orientation of the lumbar vertebrae, which is facing medially now, it's quite the opposite to the cervical um, suprolateral direction and the thoracic posterolateral direction. The lumbars face medial, so they face inwards. And this really facilitates flexion and extension in that sagittal plane and restricts rotation and lateral flexion because the uh, articular processes of each vertebrae are really restricting one another as you try and rotate. That's not to say that we don't get any rotation movement. There is some and some lateral flexion, but compared to flexion extension, it's not very much. Now of that lumbar flexion, most of it happens at L3-4 and L4-5. They're the most movable parts of the lumbar spine. So that's just a recap on the different regions throughout the spine and how much they move, which movements they get, and an explanation of their, super, or their superior facet orientation and how this influences their movement. I hope you got something out of this today and I'll see you in the next one.